This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we are covering all of season one in our first ever wrap-up episode. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. Um, oh no, I didn't mean to close that. God damn it. <laughs> now we make it up as we go along because we don't know what we're doing. Yay. I love season one. Such a good season. It's a good season. Such a good season. I need Google Chrome to open again because I accidentally closed it and I wanted to have access to my notes files. Maybe I can pull it up on mine. I know. It's just it's easier if I can. Because yours is further away. Yeah. Okay. There we go. We're good. We're back. I am going to close this, though. Yes, I know I have an updated Chrome. Stop. Stop reminding me. Okay. Um, we are going to make this up as we go along, because <laughs> this is the first time we've ever done one of these. Um, so this is going to be, you guys get to be our guinea pigs. I mean, you're our guinea pigs every week. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. We're just pretending. No one sent us anything, so. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Hopefully, maybe next time. But, um, I love season one. I love the arc of season one. And I love the vibe of it. I actually recently finished listening to Neil Gaiman's American Gods, mm-hmm. which was suggested to me by Megan from We Will Talk About It, which is another Supernatural podcast I've mentioned a couple times for you guys. And that, the myth of the American road trip, I think is how Megan puts it. That's the vibe of season one. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I live for it. It's so good. (laughs) It's the overall own the whole season the grittiness of the film that mm-hmm. like weird filter they do the like horror movie filter that's on the entire season it's so good <laughs> yeah, de- season one definitely has a vibe even visually yeah it's different from the other seasons it's just oh it's a masterpiece i love it it's got its rough points but i still really love it's it it's got some hit or miss episodes but i was watching um i watched the um god what's it called Where's your DVD case, babe? In the book case over there. Can you go grab it? Yeah. Because I can't remember what the name of that behind-the-scenes thing is called. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure... Oh, I'm pretty sure it should be on your case. There's doggy. There's Pat the dog's head. What's it called? Um... Ow. The, um... Supernatural Tales from the Edge of Darkness. That's what I'm thinking of. It's like a 22, 23 minute little featurette on the season one behind the scenes. They like 
have little interviews with Kripke and Robert Singer and Kim Manners and all those guys and then a little bit with Jared and Jensen and they kind of go talk through like the conception of the show and the filming of the first season and stuff and that that was really interesting because Kripke talked about how the show was originally planned or pitched to be about a reporter going around America getting into trouble with supernatural beings and writing stories about it and the network was like well we like the supernatural beings aspect but the reporter part can go (laughs) and and you got anything you got anything different and Kripke was like well it could be about two brothers and they were like yes let's do that (laughs) I'm so glad they went with that yes yes Uh uh-huh I think that one with the reporter thing he was um, he was aiming for something a little more X-Files. Yeah. More um, of, like, investigative. Yeah, which, like, X-Files is a classic. X-Files is iconic. There's a reason it had so many seasons and came back, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's X-Files. But I do, I do appreciate that Supernatural did its own thing. That's what sets it apart. It becomes, you know, a family, like, as the central part of the uh-huh. story. Which I think is why it stayed around for 15 yeah. seasons. You it's know? because it's about the two brothers. Jared and Jensen as Sam and Dean are the core of this show. And we have all these characters who will come in and out of their lives. And some will stay for a really long time. But without Jared and Jensen, this show would not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the chemistry they have there are some episodes of this season like route 666 some of the writing on route 666 is so clunky and awkward and i actually learned that it was written in a week which explains a lot it explains so much <laughs> um it was supposed to be like a 45 minute long car chase but i guess the budget wouldn't allow for that that would have been interesting that would have been cool to have an i'm episode, mad we didn't get that like entirely on the road like, yeah that would have been so cool. I'm Gosh. really bummed we but didn't get that, that, but the I guess the budget didn't allow for it, so they went with what they yeah. could do, and it sucked. Kim, Kim Manners didn't want it to happen, but they didn't have another option because I guess they lost a script. Who loses a script? How do you lose a <laughs> script? Someone hit delete on the. <laughs> Someone didn't back up the file. I guess. I don't know. It all of Kripke has said about it is that the script was lost and they had to bring in Buck Lemming to speed write something for them. And that's the first episode he the first worked on. That yeah, that Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner worked on. Colloquially known is that the right word? <laughs> I don't know. They're known within the fandom as Buck Lemming. So it's just a combo of their names. Yeah. Um but even that episode like when it's Sam and Dean are interacting, mm-hmm. even though the the writing is clunky, the chemistry makes it work. Yeah, you know, I especially love the scene right at the end of Route Six 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 when Dean is running from the the haunted truck, and <laughs> Sam's like giving him instructions yeah. and is like, "I need to go exactly point seven miles and then stop." <laughs> and then Sam like explains like, "Oh, it's you know, it's hallowed ground. Ghosts can't." cross onto hollow ground and Dean's like how did you know this would work and Sam's like well I didn't really know for sure I was just kind of hoping and Dean's like I'm, I'm gonna kill him I'm 
I love that moment. It's such a great little brother mm-hmm. moment. And they really nailed that brother chemistry from basically day one. Like, yeah. I know Jared was like, they were eyeballing Jared for Sam already. Like, they'd seen a bunch of people, had read for, you know, and they were eyeballing Jared for Sam. And they had Jensen come in and he was so good. Um, and they'd only put out sides for Sam. That's something that the boys have talked about a couple times is how Jared or Jensen originally actually auditioned for Sam because that was the only role to audition for. Mm. <laughs> they were only auditioning for Luke Skywalker, as Kirky refers to Sam. He's the Luke Skywalker of the show. And he actually talked about this in um, the Tales from the Edge of Darkness bit when they were talking about the casting process, how they were... They were like, well, Jensen's really good, but Jared brings this, there's like an innocence and an earnestness that is so Luke Skywalker that Jared brings to the role of Sam, and that's what they wanted. Did they have the um, idea for the Luke and Han dynamic from the beginning, or did they develop it after they cast No, that was a very early thing for Kirky, I think. I think it's even mentioned within, like, the early pitch to the show. That we were reading think, oh, reading yeah. through at the beginning of our coverage. Um, he even talks about how, you know, Sam is the Luke Skywalker. You know, mm-hmm. the reluctant hero. And then Dean is Han Solo. It even kind of fits in with the special power thing mm-hmm. that develops throughout the oh, season. Oh, yes! I didn't even think of that, yeah. But yeah, so they really, they decided that they wanted Jared as Sam. Because they really wanted what he brings to Sam. There's an intellectualism to Jared that surprises some people. The man is freaking brilliant. Um, but he's also, like, very... Like, he still has retained an innocence and, a, like, a childlikeness to him. That's great. That doesn't mean he can't be fucking nasty. <laughs> the man <laughs> has a dirty mind. But, like, you know, there's, like, a sweetness to him that he's retained. And he brings that to Sam. But he also brings this, that big brain of his to Sam. And they really needed, they That's wanted really that. That's of, like, Luke, too. Uh-huh. He's got that, um, you know, kind of starts out as this kind of goofy, innocent kid that doesn't yeah. really know what he's doing. But then he gets more, like, mature and, like, wise. Uh-huh. He just has, like, this calm That's presence. That's really... Yes. Whenever he walks in the it's room, so you know what he, Sam. He, he, he like takes control of the situation. Yeah, he know? just dominates a space just yeah. with his how he is. So, so they decided they wanted Jared for Sam, and they called Jensen up and were basically like, "How do you wanna? How do you feel about being Han Solo? And what <laughs> kid is gonna, gonna turn? No to <laughs> yeah, who's gonna turn down Han Solo? <laughs> so, that's Dean, and he's the he's the you know the rebel with a heart of gold yeah yeah charismatic wily quick-witted yes a bit of a ladies man Uh but inside is a teddy bear Mm -hmm. like he has the biggest soft spot if you are someone important to dean then you are like his first priority Mm -hmm. after sam (laughs) because sam is always dean's number one (laughs) priority um which is something i love but yeah, at the at the core of this show, you get all you get the monsters and you get the scares and you get the laughs and the special effects and then at the core of it all is the two brothers. 
And that's what makes it so good. And I think season one really highlights that because we're getting to know them as they're rediscovering each other because they've been apart for so long. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. Yeah. I love the moments where like something's revealed about Dean that Sam didn't know. Like we learn in um, Devil's Trap that Dean wanted to be a firefighter when he grew up. Yeah. Uh, now he doesn't for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh. So I guess we should kind of go through the season bit by bit and talk about our feelings about each episode, kind of. Sure. We're not going to, like, delve too deep into each episode. If you want to do that, you can just go re-listen to the season. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to redo what we've already done. <laughs> no. Uh, don't have time for that. That's, nope, too much work. We already had to record the pilot twice. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not recording it a third time. Thank you very much. That was um, a pain in the ass. But the pilot... Ah, it's so good. It's a good intro. It's so good. They brought in David Nutter specifically to do the pilot. I think Kripke specifically wanted him to do it because he is, he exclusively does pilots, I guess, movies and pilots. That's kind of his thing. I guess that makes sense. Like, that's something really tricky that you Mm -hmm. have to get right if you want to keep people to keep coming back to watch it. You have to nail that balance between um, exposition and entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. And exposition can get boring. Boring really quick. Uh, that's something it's I like, struggle with as a writer. It's so hard. Like, I, I write books. Um, I try to anyway. <laughs> no, you write books. Don't say try, you do. <laughs> Ever since that's I was... something it's something I learned from a filmmaker that we did a um like we watched the movie that he made and then did a QA with him mm-hmm. in one of in one of my classes and someone was like um, I want to be a, a something, I don't remember what, and he was like, no, it's not you want to be, it's not you're trying to be, it's you are. You are a director, you are a writer, you are an artist. Yeah, And that's a very good I am a writer. mentality. <laughs> Off topic, but it's a very important that's good, though. Yeah, like, bit of advice that has stuck with me. Like yeah. Cool. Is it, if you say, oh, I'm trying to be, like, no, you are. Sometimes I struggle with the writing part, but yes. yeah. <laughs> but I think every writer does. But yeah, like when you're creating a story or characters or a world building, like you need the exposition to explain like the world and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to have that balance of not making it boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have and to like mix it in with the action. And... Yeah, Supernatural does it really well. Yeah, because we get. Um, we get that kind of exposition dumpy scene, but the way they do it at the beginning of the pilot is so well done because the boys are moving and they're going down to the car and they do a little pause and then they get to the car and it's just, it's just a natural progression of the conversation. It's not them just like telling each other their own life story that they already know. It's them like Dean, Sam, Sam reminding Dean, like, we grew up, like, you know, we had a fucked up childhood, and like, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> like, it's, it's very, it's exposition, but it feels surprisingly natural for how much exposition it is, and we get, and then we get even more little bits of exposition throughout the show, mm-hmm. or throughout the, the episode, especially, you know. And through the season, too. And through the season. And I love it. Especially it's so when good. we get to John, like we learn yes. more. And Bobby. And... Yes. Oh, my shoulders are really tight. Sorry. 
if uh, Sam is the Luke Skywalker and Dean is the Han Solo, then Bobby's the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes! <laughs> the old Ben. <laughs> and the Impala is the Millennium Falcon. Yes. And I don't know who Chewbacca is, but... Yeah. It's not really Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Leia. <laughs> John Winchester's Leia. You gotta find him. The whole first season is find dad. It's true. The first movie, isn't it, is a rescue the princess? Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining Jeffrey Dean Morgan with cinnamon, the cinnamon roll buns. Well, does that make yellow eyes Darth Vader? Yes! But he's not the father, I don't know. <laughs> well, Maybe that's he's a, the emperor. But he plays a, the similar like role in the story. Yeah, he does. Being the, the big bad. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. This, this like yes. terrifying, seemingly unbeatable evil. Yeah, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. it works. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, I love the pilot. I love episode two even more than the pilot, though. I think Wendigo kind of gets a lot of flack. I love Wendigo. But Wendigo is hands down one of my favorite episodes. That's the episode that hooked me on it. Uh-huh. Same. I I love the lore. We get the feeling for the lore. And I also Probably love... Cause, partially because it was a supernatural creature I've always thought was interesting. Yes. The lore behind uh-huh. it. So that kind of helped. That was me. really interesting. Yeah. And then it was one I... At the time that I first watched it, it was one I'd never even heard of. Hmm. So... um. I really love the pilot. It does have some, like, rocky points, you know, and there's some actual details within the episode that I didn't know this at the time we originally recorded, but are wrong. Um, Like, I learned that... Hang on. Um, So... Um, within the episode, this is a slight correction that I actually learned from, we will talk about it, because Megan learns all sorts of things that I never knew, um, and I feel like this is an important thing that we should include. So within the episode of Super, within the episode Wendigo, they're, like, talking about, Wendigos are from, like, northern U.S., Canada, like, that's kind of the area they originate from, Mm -hmm. um, but within the episode, the boys use um, what they refer to as Anasazi symbols as, like, protection and stuff. Uh, first off, the and the word Anasazi is actually the Navajo term for the, the Pueblo peoples of New Mexico, or the ancestors of the modern Pueblo peoples. And so a, a more appropriate term to use is Ancestral Pueblo, which is what I'm going to use from now on. And they lived in... Like I just said, New like New Mexico. Like hmm. they were a southern tribe. So they never would have had an interaction with a Wendigo. Hmm. <laughs> so the lore doesn't match up. But yeah. someone didn't do full research on that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think someone did their research. So there's a fun bit of a tidbit of knowledge for you. And also huh. now you know that the word Anasazi is not uh, an appropriate or respectful term for the ancestral Pueblo people. It means it means ancient enemy. I was literally taught that term in school. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> but as we know, it was literally is flawed. a song that I learned in third grade. 
in a song that I learned. Really? Huh. Yeah. I always thought... Pueblo people built their homes on cliffs, ancient Anasazi petroglyphs. Huh. Like, it's a song about the different tribes that lived in Utah at one time or another. I was always taught and, Anasazi meant, like, ancient people. It means ancient enemy. Huh. Didn't so, know that. <laughs> yeah. The ancient Pueblos is okay. a more respectful term. So they're more so, of an yeah. older tribe, right? They're like more of the yeah. It's the ancestors, ancestors of modern yeah. like New Mexico Pueblo people. Okay. So as far as I understand it, at least, if anyone knows more about it, we definitely love so to was learn taught some that more. Completely wrong in school, but are what you else surprised? Is nope, not really. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love Wendigo though, because I think Wendigo pilot lays the foundation for like the main arc of the season and gives us our exposition and then Wendigo lays more of a the like teamwork between the brothers. Mm-hmm. We get to see them work together in a new way and I mean everything's new at this point. We're only two episodes into the season, but you know. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, more gosh. like they're I don't know, I feel like it's more of a life or death situation they're in. Yes, it's definitely two. much more serious. So they're kind of like out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, yeah, the ghost is killing people in episode one, but like they had to like I don't know. Like, get, get it definitely feels more intense. in the way of the ghosts more to get yeah confronted by it. But. Whereas the Wendigo hunts them. Yeah, which is a scary thought. It's kind of like a reverse hunting situation. Uh huh. And, and literally, scary. their their skills are what keeps them alive. Yeah, yeah. and that you kind of get a more of an idea of how good the boys are at their job. Yeah. Which is saying something because they are babies at their job. <laughs> but they are still very inexperienced, especially compared to their, their father. But, like, you get more of the sense of, like, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. So, um, it's episode three. Phantom Traveler. We get our first taste of demons. Yeah. That's a good one. The Phantom Traveler? And dead in the water. Oh, no, it's dead in the water. I was looking, I read the thing Phantom Traveler on your notes, and I was like, that's not episode three, like, that's what? not a three, that's a four. <laughs> dead in the Water. I was looking at 103 Dead in the Water, like, did I have that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> dead in the Water is a good episode. Another monster of the week. My favorite, but it was good. It's not particularly special, especially for Sam's arc, because with, with episode one, we get, you know, he, he his reintroduction to Dean, and then into hunting and then Jess dies and that sets Sam on his arc for the season which is searching for dad so that they can get revenge Mm -hmm. on the thing that killed Jess and mom so and then two we get Sam in his um anger phase really a lot I feel like I can't remember how the five stages of grief go hang on let me google it (laughs) We just learned about that in season two a little bit. Yeah. So I feel like Sam kind of skips over denial a little bit. I think maybe we may have missed the denial stage because between episode one and two, they spend a week in um, in Palo Alto, like looking for clues about the demon. Mm-hmm. So, and I wouldn't be surprised if the denial stage happened in that time. So we kind of skip over it and we get into anger. Yeah. A lot more, and Sam (laughs) stays in anger for a very long time, and he kind of, it kind of wanes a little bit at some points, and then comes out in full force, depending on what's going on, Mm 
Yeah. Um, but Sam definitely, he really lingers in his anger, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you are um, using that anger to drive you towards think, a worthy goal. I think the stage is a pretty far out necessary linear, linear no, either. You definitely not. Cycle back into different phases. And yep. Sam, he seems to, sometimes he'll get into like, leaning towards one of the other phases and then he'll cycle back did he ever to go anger. Through bargaining? I don't know if he ever really did, but I think we kind of got a little bit of depression. Oh definitely, yeah. Um and then eventually he does reach acceptance by yeah. the end of the season. But I really do love that you can see some of these stages of grief throughout the season and throughout Sam's arc. Mm-hmm. Um season three doesn't really touch on much of Sam's arc. It's a very much more Dean centric episode. Or episode. Episode three. Oh, episode three. Oh, I can't. season three. I'm a very confused, babe. <laughs> season three, though, is kind of more Dean-centric. It is more Dean-centric in a little bit. And, yeah. But um, episode three is more Dean-centric. We lean more into Dean's trauma, which is always very interesting. Remind me that part. That's the one with the dead kid and then the other kid that's mute. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he has a connection with the kid. Mm-hmm, because he, he watched his dad get drowned by the ghost kid. Ugh. Which would be enough to traumatize anyone. Yeah, that sounds traumatizing. <laughs> um, I'm going to mute my computer because it's just going to keep chiming at me. It's not going to mute the mic, is it? No, it shouldn't. It's still working. So. Okay. Um, yeah, so episode three, we don't get as much of Sam. You checking your notes? Yeah, I don't remember a lot. So, the lake one. Yeah. Um, my brain just got distracted. <laughs> I guess Dean kind of connected with the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the episode where Dean about past like childhood trauma. Yeah, about because Dean knows what it's like to lose a parent when you're really young. Yeah. Um, and so he connects with Lucas on that. And that, I really like seeing that. I really like delving into that softer side of Dean's personality. Because for the first two episodes, this is something I love that Supernatural does about Dean, especially in the early seasons, is they spend time building up this macho, womanizer, you know, cowboy, rolls into town, saves the day, kisses the girl, rides out again kind of personality that Dean has Mm -hmm. and then they'll have episodes like Dead in the Water where they peel back all that mask and show you what's inside and it's always interesting and I really do enjoy this episode. I enjoy all the episodes of season one. This isn't probably, it'd probably be like a more of a middle ground episode for me. Um, It's definitely not a favorite the way that like Wendigo is. But I still really do enjoy the episode. But it's yeah. the first, um, like, real look into how committed Dean is to, like, family, too. Yes. Because that brings, that thing yes. is brought up a lot in that episode. Uh-huh. Dean's family ties and mm-hmm. is what's really, you get to see more of what's really important to Dean. Um which sets up a lot. Despite the front that he puts on. Yeah, despite his tough guy personality, you know, devil may care attitude. Um, Sam and John 
and Mary are very important to Dean. And I like, I like when we get to see little, like a peek behind the curtain of mm-hmm. what makes Dean Dean. Um, uh, so episode four is Phantom Traveler. This is our first look at demons. So we kind of established some of the early roles of demons. Um, holy water, Christo, exorcisms, uh, the black eyes, the like possession, the like exact details of how possession happens will change it just within this one season. But <laughs> like we get the it lays the groundwork for what's going to be really important. And I think this one is definitely more of a monster of the week step out except for a couple of aspects, which is the, like, that John left the voice, or his voicemail is changed to have Dean's phone number in it. Yeah. Like, otherwise, this episode doesn't really have a huge play on the overall plot of the season. It's very much a, or fairly standalone. Other than introducing demons, yeah. Yes. But I mean, like, in, like, the overarching plot. But yeah, it does, um, it does give us an early planting of demons so that when demons are introduced later, we're like, okay, yes, we know how demons, we know demons. Demons are familiar to us. Um, which is actually, like, that's important. That's very important. (laughs) What is episode five? Bloody Mary. And one important note on... Phantom Traveler. Early demons. They, they changed... How like possession works from Particle. episode four to like the season finale. <laughs> it's like I don't know. It just changes a little bit mm-hmm. of how their lore yeah. of demons happens. They in this definitely world. hadn't like set it in stone yet, um, and that's something that has bothered me a little bit. But to be honest, I'm glad they changed it because I like the way they settle on doing it more with the smoke effect. I find it more effective. Um. It's scarier. It also looks nicer on screen. <laughs> that weird <laughs> particle cloud was weird. Um, how many times can I say weird in a sentence? <laughs> Next. Bloody Mary. I love Bloody Mary. It's a good one. This is one of my favorite episodes. This one genuinely creeps me out. Yeah, it's a scary one. Um, Which I love. I love that we get that early season... Like early seasons are definitely more gory. Definitely. Oh yeah. They that thing in blood in season one. <laughs> that thing in Scarecrow with the the when the guy has his whole like the skin of his whole face removed. That would. That yeah. no. Ahaha. <laughs> uh-huh. Honestly, I don't know how I missed that for so long. I'd never noticed that before. I just thought he was dead. <laughs> never paid that much attention. Um, but Bloody Mary. Is our. Not our first really creepy episode, because I think Wendigo is pretty creepy, but Bloody Mary like takes it to another level. Yeah. Uh, in a way that is just so good. Who wrote? Oh, I need to know. Who wrote and who directed this episode? This this episode really gets into um, more of the Sam metaplot too. Mm-hmm. This episode reveals a lot about Sam. So this was directed by Peter Ellis. The story for it was written by Kripke, but the the script itself was written by Ron Milbauer and Terry Hughes Burton. Hmm. 
So they did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, the whole concept of uh, keeping was like keeping a secret. Yes, keeping a secret that resulted in someone's death. Which I think Sam carries. That's where the guilt comes in. Yes. Um, of uh-huh. Jess's death. For sure. I think it. I guess guilt's not one of the stages. No, of grief, but, but it's I think definitely it a common plays thing, into like bargaining Survi- like and acceptance a bit. As a thing, yeah. yeah, I think it plays into not acceptance, depression. Yeah. And bargaining. Um, this this episode also has some of my favorite shots, like that upside down shot when Sam wakes up from his dream at the beginning of the episode, and mm-hmm. like everything is off kilter. Um. That is so good. Where for a moment Sam doesn't know what he is, where he is, and neither does the audience. Yeah, because <laughs> his head is like tilted back over the seat of the Impala. It's a fantastic shot. Um, but I also really, like you said, we get in, we really get into the Sam meta plot here, and we learn what like, it, he's been carrying for the last. Like if I would have told Jess about being a hunter, maybe she would still be alive. Type of thing. I don't think it's even just that. It's that he dreamt about her death. Specifically, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Um, he's specifically having guilt over the fact that he, on some level, somehow, in a way he has no explanation for, knew that this was coming, and he didn't say anything. And at the time, he probably didn't think it was that serious. He probably just thought it was some nightmares, leftover trauma from his childhood. Yeah. But now, in hindsight, he he's he like, really has the power oh, my God, like what the hell yeah <laughs> um and i really love that um i also i love that final shot of jess on the side of the road with oh, laugh yeah. i nearly that, cried the, this episode uh-huh the white dress and... yeah just like mary and it's it's such a powerful little moment that has so many ways it could be interpreted like is she upset at Sam? Is she saying it's okay? You can move on. Like I'm okay. I th- I kind of lean towards that one a little yeah, more. That's the vibe I got. More. Is it's more of a um, like I'm okay kind of thing. But sometimes I wonder if was I don't think it, was it her ghost? Was it a hallucination? Was it part like a vision from his powers? Like what you know i think he's just kind of remembering her yeah wanting to see her yeah and so seeing yeah it's probably what it is but i love that moment love that moment i love the whole vibe of this episode of bloody mary such a good episode Mm -hmm. um what's episode six skin Skin. another great one one. ah the way this episode kicks off is one of my favorite episode op- like cold opens in the whole show mm, yeah with the um god the what's the team? song oh what is the song it's, it's the one with the SWAT team right Breaking yes in. yes um it's uh Inagata Davida by Iron Blood Butterfly that song and the like low lighting barely showing like you're only seeing snippets in the flashlight and then the reveal of Dean that the drama that it causes because you've just spent five episodes getting to know this dude and you're like whole wait a second like 
Like Dean. I didn't, like, and then you're like, well, there has to be an explanation. Yeah. There's, there's, because Dean isn't this kind of guy. But is he? But, like, yeah. but I don't think he is. Like, I love that doubt that it creates in your mind. And then they go back and explain it. That's so good. So good. Also, that goddamn transformation scene. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's nasty. It's so gross. <laughs> What's really funny, I remember... Oh, I don't remember where I read it or heard it. It might have been Kripke. But they talked about, so the network was like, you got these hot guys playing Sam and Dean. Like, we want to see some, like, see some skin. And so then Kripke wrote that scene, or whoever wrote this episode, I don't remember now. Um, He calls it skin. (laughs) Yeah, it's called skin. Um, But they wrote this episode. Um... Directed by Robert Duncan McNeil and written by John Chabon. But so the the executives were like, well, like, you know, show us a little bit of, like, we got these sexy young actors. Like, give us something interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the writers were like, okay, like, you want to see the boys shirtless? Here, we'll have Jensen take his shirt off and then we'll have him peel his skin off. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so perfect. I love it. <laughs> supernatural we're talking about here. Yeah, and like we will get our this sexy a, moments this later. Isn't a teen on. drama, or <laughs> no, not vampire dark. <laughs> <laughs> like we'll get our sexy moments. We haven't. What? We just wait till we get to heart. Yeah, <laughs> I love that scene. It's also one of those episodes where. The consequences are more far-reaching than just that episode or even that season. Like, Uh you see this being come back in season two. Yeah, well, the specific monster. Yeah. Not the the specific shifter, but the monster. Oh, yeah, it's a different one. And then, but you get to see the the ramifications. Yeah, and the ramifications are even further reaching than season two. Yeah. It comes back with, you know, the boys and the cops and... It's so What's his name? The good. detective. I forgot oh. the detective's name. <laughs> um, Hendrickson. Yeah, Hendrickson, um, yeah. But yeah, that's our first, this is our first episode that has ramifications beyond this episode, exactly, which is which so exciting. Makes it interesting concept. Like, yeah, but at the time of our first watching this episode, you don't know that. Oh yeah, for sure. So then, but like when they come back in, you're like, oh my gosh. It, it makes sense, <laughs> the fact of, like, the boys' line of work that they would have some sort of run-in with the yeah, law. Yeah, things are gonna happen. Yeah. Which I love. I love that. Uh, although it's a funny episode. It's got some great, great moments. And I also really love the the moment at the end when, um... They have their, um... Where, where Sam... The Dean is... I mean, the shifter is pretending to be Dean. No. Their moment, they're, like... Um, the final car scene of the episode where Dean says that he wishes Sam could just be a regular old college guy and Dean, Sam's like, well, I never even really fit in in college. And then Dean says it's because Sam's a freak, but that's okay because Dean's a freak too. And then he's bummed about missing the opportunity to see his own <laughs> funeral, which is classic Dean. I mean, But I love that moment because it really solidifies the bond between the brothers that yeah. even though Sam has these friends from school... None of them will ever know him and know his life the way that Dean does. Yeah. The, no one will ever have the same 
And uh, I mean, also the part where the shifter is in Dean's form or whatever. Yeah, that's our, it's have, our first instance of the boys not being the boys. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they kind of have this confronting, butting heads, you know? Confrontation? Yeah. That. Is that the word you're looking for? Yes. <laughs> you got close. <laughs> confronting. It's close. Butting heads, confronting. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't remember exactly, but... He, he can, like, see into Dean's head a little Oh, bit. yeah, he gets Dean's memories. And so he's he kind of talking him. about all the things that he's insecure yeah. about. Yeah. Because they've kind of been butting heads this episode, right? And they both kind of understand the other's point of view a bit more, so it's more of uh-huh. a, like, a bonding moment, this episode for them. Yeah, I definitely think this episode really kind of solidifies them, but it also solidifies them within their own little world, too. Is It, it really serves to show how separate from everyone else the, the boys are, especially, like, in comparison to, like, Sam Stanford friends. Um, like, it's clear that his friend Becky comes from money. Like, her, her parents are in er, Paris for six months of the year. Like, you know, and the house they're in is super nice, and it just shows, like, the, the, the contrast between um, the boys and that world is mm-hmm. always so interesting. They do something similar in Provenance with Sarah, and I love, yeah. I love. But this one really iterates not just that they're did that they're like you know Americana backroads, you know dudes, but this iterates or reiterates the the separation between them as like a family unit and mm-hmm. the rest of the world in an interesting way. That I really dysfunctional love. family. <laughs> yeah. What is episode seven? Hookman. Hookman. Again, this... one of my favorite episodes, but... Yeah, kind of a middle ground episode for me. Um, this episode was supposed to fall earlier in the season, um, which is why we get... Throughout the season, there's references to, um, like when they're dealing with ghosts there's references to needing to find the body and burn the bones and or like oh there's no remains that's a problem but they never explain why yeah and it's because this episode explains why and it was supposed to happen before those episodes (laughs) (laughs) before bloody mary you know so um the boys say in the pilot that john would have burned the bones in reference to the woman in white but this is the first time, this is the first episode where they explain burning the bones gets rid of the ghost. Like, they, yeah, they even wrote say that. that. Like, Sam seems unfamiliar with the idea of assaulting a spirit. Like, this was supposed to be, like, the first in- instance where it kind of explained it, but... Um, I don't again, think it's the salt that he's confused by. It's the, it's the rock salt in a gun. Is I it? think. Yeah. Because that was something that they hadn't been doing when he, um left for college, if I remember correctly. Let me find it in my notes. Um, cause that's the boys go down to the road where Rich Laurie's like date was killed and Sam gives Dean a shot or Dean gives Sam a shotgun with shells full of rock salt. Um and then they immediately run into the cops. <laughs> But I don't think it's necessarily the salt that Sam's confused by. It's the fact that Dean has given him a gun 
That is like bullets don't work against. Uh, it's one of Dean's many inventions. Yeah, it's John's. I think they credit it to John. Mm-hmm. I still think it was Bobby Singer's, and John just <laughs> took credit. But John is a good hunter, so I guess he could have done it all. He could have figured that out on his own. Um, but yeah, Hookman solidifies lore. Yeah. Um, about ghosts. Yeah, about ghosts. The burning even of the this bones. Is the fourth ghost now we face. This yes, and burning the bones doesn't even work. <laughs> I think the first time the burning the bones works is asylum. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the few times that ever does. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> honest to God. It's the first time this season, I think. Um, and we get some more of Sam's grief with his interactions with Lori. Yeah. Not being quite ready to move on from Jess. Yeah. Feeling guilty about flirting with another girl. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. gets brought up again. Which makes sense even more if you're looking at if you consider that this episode is supposed to happen earlier yeah like you know but i like it where it falls i think it fits I mean, it well. still works yeah yeah they made it work but yeah um next is bugs which isn't a great episode has the wackiest timeline of any supernatural episode to date i swear to god well we we got more out of bones this time watching it bugs Bugs. I don't know why I said bones. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. Bugs, this, this viewing. Definitely. For recording the podcast. Yeah, because this really solidifies... Um, it's more of the meta plot. Well, yes, yeah, some meta plot stuff. And we get a lot, a bit more exposition, specifically for Sam. We get more of his view of his relationship with his dad and, da- and John's treatment of him compared to Dean. And we get a little bit of how Dean viewed how John treated Sam. Well, just and, like in Dead in the Water, we got Dean's perspective kind of relating with the kid, right? Mm-hmm. And, now it's and now it's Sam's, Sam's turn. turn to relate with the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And we also get some awful spider effects. Um, and I A lot of stand, nasty bugs. <laughs> I stand by my statement that I, too, would have gone through the goddamn glass door. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, 100%. no. Same. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I wrote that if that, that number of spiders came out of my shower, <laughs> yeah, if that number of spiders came out of my shower, I would go through the fucking glass. Um, though the fact that she was able to go through the glass feels a little bit, there's a suspension of disbelief needed there, because that glass is Yeah, it, it literally wrote, jumping through the shower glass because of a million spiders is not an overreaction. In my yeah, <laughs> yeah, honest to God. Um... Episode 9. What's episode 9? Oh, home. home. Haley didn't remember this episode at all. <laughs> I'm still struggling to remember this what happened. This is the one where they episode. go back to Lawrence and there's a poltergeist. Oh, and yeah, ghost yeah. of their mom in the house. And we it's meet good Missouri. One. It's such a good one. Oh, yes, get... Missouri. I yes, love Missouri. Yes, we get Missouri, who's iconic. I really wish she could have had more appearances over the years. She's amazing. Um, We also get... Our first look at Mary since the opening of the pilot, which... Does she ever show up again? Yes. Or is that spoilers? I will tell you she shows up again. Okay. <laughs> I won't tell you how, <laughs> but yes. They bring Samantha Smith back. Okay. And I love her. She is amazing. She's my favorite Mary. Did you have a younger actress play Mary at one point? Like, did they cast multiple actresses? Yes. Um, because if you're like, looking, like you know when they like, you know, when they'd, like do the flashbacks to the boys when they're little, 
Yeah. Like you need you can't have Jared play a five year old. Yeah. <laughs> it's that in kind that of thing. instance it makes yeah. sense. But I hear so, when they have to recast an actor and then pretend like they didn't recast. Happened. They just Yeah. Because of you know what I mean, though, the right? logistics of Yes. Yeah, no, that's annoying. Um, but this isn't necessarily recasting because like the actor couldn't come back. It's be recast or different casting because of the specifics of the episode. <laughs> like when we get flashbacks of the little of the boys when they were little. Yeah. So that makes sense. But um I love this episode because we get we get some of Dean's lingering like is this the trauma. Juice? This is the juice. <laughs> it just zooms in dramatically on the ju- the, the juice. juice. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'm dying. Sorry, I just remembered that. That was great. The 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 drum the drama of that shot never gets old. It's so dramatic. <laughs> just the, the sippy cup in the middle of the, the fridge. <laughs> Nothing around it. Like, oh my god, I love that. Um, this episode, this is our first, we also get John. We've been both parents in this episode. Uh, yeah, it's the first time we see John since, since the, the pilot. pilot. Yeah, yeah. We, the first time we've seen Mary since the pilot, and the first time we've seen John since the pilot, which I just realized that we get There's both of them. a little cameo at the end, yeah. Yeah, so we get to know John is okay, and he is avoiding his sons on purpose, which we kind of already had an idea was happening but you know and we also get sam's visions i was like what something important happens in this episode what the fuck is it sam has fucking visions oh the tree (laughs) the The goddamn tree (laughs) oh my god the tree the tree (laughs) i I mean it's a pretty uh unique tree yeah but it's not even like in focus (laughs) ever Whatever. I'm not going to go into that again. But this is our first episode where... Because we got mentions of his visions in Bloody Mary. But Home is the first episode where we watch him have a vision. Um, Because he has visions about specifically the family in the house that... Where their mom died. Like, this is our first Sam Hess visions kind of thing. I don't know if you guys can hear Chloe itching. Hey baby. Hey baby. It's nice to have the floof back. It is nice to have the floof. He's so cute. Oh, sake. Big sake. Hey baby. Chloe, you wanna come here? Come here. Come here, baby. Chloe. <laughs> come here. It's moving for a toy. Come here. Wanna come up here? Up. Up. Wait, I have no room. Up. Here. I'll help you. Help. Mom will give you a boost. Yay! Hi, baby. I have a floof. <laughs> She's less floofy because she had a haircut. She did get a haircut. Which is good because it's been hot. Yeah. She's had so much energy since then, too. I have a dog named Chloe. She's a Shih Tzu mix. In case I you think didn't you, know. <laughs> you guys have met Chloe. If you've made it this point, you've met Chloe at some point. <laughs> Say hello. I never said what type of dog she was. Yes, yeah, she's a little Shih Tzu mix. Um, She's very cute. The next two episodes I remember covering together, and I remember it being an accident that they fell together like that on the schedule. Asylum and Scarecrow. And it worked so beautifully. Because with Asylum. Yeah, with Asylum, we definitely get Sam in an angry stage. Yeah. His grief process. It's the real focus of the episode. Which makes it easier for me. Is the anger. Yeah. I think. 
Mm-hmm. Feed off that anger, you know? Dean, Sam is really frustrated because he wants to go find John, and Dean's like, now nah, we're going to do the hunts that, you know, Dad keeps sending us. Are you wicking me? Thank you. She gave <clears throat> me some kisses. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> um, John's like, or Dean's like, now nah, we're going to go, Dad sent us these hunts, we're going to go do the hunts. Um, and Sam wants to focus on finding John. Um, and that, that is a, like a through line for these two episodes. And I really like it because in Asylum, we lay this tension between mm-hmm. them. And then at the beginning of Scarecrow. Sort of gets resolved, but not really. Yeah. And then at the beginning of the Scarecrow, it comes to a head with yeah. the, like, John calling. Because it kind of gets resolved at the end of their, like, hunt. But then John's phone call sets it off again, like, reignites it. This will be a recurring theme of them <laughs> arguing over their dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I really like. So we kind of get like a, a mini climax, a small release of tension, and then it just starts amping up again. And, and then Scarecrow releases. We get, get Meg. Yes, yes. But in Scarecrow, it releases, and Sam um, decides that he is going to go his own way. Yeah. He is going to go find dad. This is one of the Dean two can go do their hunts. This majority. is our first episode where they're split up, not for just like a scene or two, but for the most of the, the episode. episode. Yeah, because yeah. like they do split up. Like in Wendigo, they they get split up, and in um, in the pilot, even they split up, and they'll they'll do that. One yeah. of them will go do one thing, and the other will go do the other thing. But they're working together still. But they're this is our like first totally time. Totally different locations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know far away from each other. Yeah, but this is our first time where they are doing separate things. Dean has a hunt. Sam's going to go back to California and find their dad. Like, we see that they really are better working yes, together than yeah, separate. Yeah, which I love. <laughs> I love that. And I love Sam coming to the realization that, yeah, he really wants to go find John and he wants to work with John to get the thing that killed Jess, um, oh, don't fall. Can I come over here? You gonna go to your mama? She looks a little unsure. <laughs> she knows what she wants. Um, um, like, yeah, Dean, Sam wants to get his revenge, or Sam wants to get his revenge, but when it comes down to it, Dean is more important. When he thinks Dean is in trouble, like, he's gonna stay yeah um and i think also what dean t- says to him in that phone call um oh and we also has a big influence i wrote a note this first time we find out what actually killed their mom yes too. that it was the demon yeah. yeah because john calls and says that he's hunting the demon yeah a lot of uh important things in this episode mm-hmm. you inter- get introduced to meg oh, yeah. find about the demon i fucking love scarecrow yeah it's a good one yeah it's creepy. You know, the, the boys go their own <laughs> separate ways and then realize they're better together and come back together. And where... That's where we are when we kick off episode 12. Which uh, such is, a good one. Oh, <laughs> this is one of my favorite episodes. This one was written by Sarah Gamble and... Oh, I can't remember her name. What is her name? It's written by two women. Um... It was written by Sarah Gamble and Rael Tucker. Rael? Rael? 
I don't know how to pronounce her first name, and I'm very sorry if I'm butchering it. Um, they specifically talk about this episode in the, like, Edge of Darkness special. Because this is, Kripke talks about this episode as being the episode where he went, wow, this show can really do some things. Oh, yeah. Like, we could go somewhere with this. I think, um, um, of course, I've only seen through the end of season three, but still, this is one of my favorite episodes of all three it, seasons. Oh, it's one of my favorite episodes of all 15. Um, but this episode specifically, I love one of the things, um, I like this, this quote from the, the wiki I really love, um, from Kripke. He cites Fa- uh, Kripke, at least at the time of this quote, cited Faith as his favorite episode, saying, It's when I first realized what the show is capable of. Here's this episode about, is there a God? What's meant to be? And is there free will? And is your life worth the cost of someone else's life? It's a metaphysical and moral study of the boys' universe. There's so many different places the show can go and so many tones. That's been really fun to do. Um, which yeah. I love. And one of the other producers talked about how they delve into some really deep topics. You know, the idea of is a life worth another life? The idea of a higher power and of faith and miracles and death. But they don't, it's not preachy. Mm -hmm. It's not shoved in your face. It's not showing one type of, I don't know, like belief belief. over another. Yeah. It's not with an agenda. It's merely raising these questions and letting the audience mold them over. And that is one of my favorite things about faith. And it's just brilliantly written. And it's also our first instance of the boys willing to do something extremely drastic Hmm. to save the other. Oh, yeah. People say that Dean is the slightly psychotic possessive one, but Sam started the fucking cycle, man. (laughs) Sam did it first. (laughs) Because I, I think a large part of it, not just because Sam loves his brother and needs Dean, but it's also, and not just because they're codependent as fuck, but because at least, especially at this moment in time, like... Dean is all Sam has. Like, yeah, John's out there somewhere. But for a lot of this season, it's just the two of them. And Sam is really relying on Dean to Mm -hmm. be his, especially now that he's got these weird powers and stuff that are manifesting. And so Dean is Sam's, like, rock that he is leaning on. Mm -hmm. And they do it for each other. They support each other. And they really need that support system. And Sam just cannot fathom not having his brother. You said John. What? I said Sam. I thought you said John. I said Sam. You sure? Yes, I'm pretty sure I did. You said John. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I said Sam. I might have said you. Faith is such a phenomenal episode. It's also Dean struggles with guilt yes feeling that he's Uh less worthy of being saved Uh something that gets brought up his own self-value yeah um is he actually a good person and i love also looking at it from a has seen the rest of the season perspective the line when dean asks roy like why me why'd you pick me and roy says um that the lord has work for dean like gets brought up again. <laughs> like thinking about that, it just makes me wonder how much 
I know they oh, had the first three seasons planned out. Yeah. Okay. In season one, um, but they had to scrap part of season three because of the writer strike. Right, so the yeah. ending of season three wasn't supposed to be what originally what it turned out to be. That's not how it's supposed to go. We'll talk to that. We'll talk about that when we get to season three. But just as someone personally who has seen the whole show, yeah, no, like I have, I have hearing only a that about. line of the Lord has work for you, like. It just makes me wonder how much Kripke had, even if he didn't have it explicitly planned. Like, what was churning in the back of their minds? What were they thinking about? I can only think as far as season four, episode one. Yeah. Where we meet Cass, and that gets brought up again. Yes. Which is but, a small spoiler, but I mean, I feel like we, most of our viewers have- have spoiled a bunch <laughs> at yeah. this point. If you haven't seen <laughs> season three- I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. That's, <laughs> my only focus is not spoiling Haley. <laughs> All right. Um, so we kind of already touched on Route 666. Um, we kind of get some, yeah. a little more Dean in this episode. With some uh, of Dean's vulnerability. I really like the actress who plays Cassie, but they hot. got stuck with a kind of shitty script. <laughs> also, the actress who plays her mom does a phenomenal job with that one scene yeah. where she's laying it all out. It's a very exposition-y scene. And the way she does that monologue is excellent because it's a really tough topic to do a scene about in general. Mm-hmm. And it's also just a long monologue, and she does a very good job with it. I've always been impressed by her. I would have liked to see maybe how things would have been de- done differently if um, a person of color would have written the script for this. Yes. Or directed it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think this script really needed a um, the the touch of a person of color on it. Just to be um, able to draw on their own yeah. life experiences. That yeah. You know, mm-hmm. a bunch of white people. And obviously, know. <laughs> like, we came to some conclusions in our original coverage of the episode that we may not necessarily agree with ourselves anymore, even as we've, like, continued to sit on it. I don't even it. remember what um, conclusions we but, got to, but I'd yeah. have to really listen to it. This but. definitely isn't my favorite. I, this is definitely near the bottom of my list for episodes. I really would have liked it's to see. It's not as awful as I remembered it being. Yeah. But it's gets nowhere near the quality of the rest of the season. I would have really liked to see the concept that we, like you said, we would have gotten. Yes! With the, the completely on the run type of yeah, thing. Yeah, the 45 minute car chase. Like, yeah, that, that would have been cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds fun. Um, And I really want to know what the lost episode was. So there's like, a lost episode? Was, yeah, the lost, that's that's why they did this episode and had it written in a I thought week. you meant they just lost no. the original script for this. That's as far as the way Kripke puts it. Um, let me find it in the wiki. So they completely started from scratch. Um, then. So the original. So Brad Buckner and Eugenie Russ Lemming were brought in to write the episode at the request of Eric Kripke after losing a script during production and needing an emergency script finished in a week to replace it. Um, well, from the sounds of it, it sounds like they had maybe the original plans of. They must have, I think they may have had Something. some sort of monster or haunted truck planned that might have been, but because they had to scrap, they had to just start from scratch, that the original, whatever their original plot was, probably got thrown out the window because mm-hmm. they were just, you know, go for it. 
Um, according to the Supernatural Wiki, the original pitch for the episode was based on the idea of it being a 42-minute car chase. However, thanks, Chloe. Um, budget and logistics of filming the episode forced the premise to be rethought. So Kripke has cited this episode as one of his least favorites. Among other reasons, he claims the Phantom Truck wasn't scary enough and looked too much like a monster truck. <laughs> yes, it did. I do think it looked way too modern to have supposedly been from the 60s. Did they have um, monster trucks in the 60s? I don't know, but it doesn't look like a truck from the 60s. Yeah. It kind of looks like John's truck, to be honest. Yes, it does. <laughs> monster yeah. truck returns again. I wonder if it was the same model that they used. Oh, I forgot this part. The demand of the network to have more romance in the show produced a strange kind of mora- uh, morale, moral sorry, to be adhered to. Anthony Pinker, one of the editors, explains the violence we don't get a lot of notes on. For the episode Route 66, though, the note he got from the network was, the girl can't be on top. Fuck you, network. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That gives me Batman doesn't do that vibes. Batman doesn't do have that. Have you not seen that? That, um, for one of the recent Batman iterations, I don't think it was the one Jensen was in. I don't remember specifically which one it was. They wanted to have Batman go down on Catwoman. Oh. In a sex scene. And the DC executives said, heroes don't do that. (laughs) And the internet had a heyday. Who who's right? Who is running DC? No, DJ super, Khaled. Superheroes are all um, virgins. Yeah, he did not, obviously. He didn't know that. Yeah, no, clearly. <laughs> Only villains have sex. No. Oh my god. Oh man. Oh my god. But the whole internet was like, then why is his cowl shaped that way? <laughs> You've got handles. <laughs> Haley's dying. <laughs> But that's what that's that's the kind of vibe that this the girl can't be on top line gives me. Misogynist. It is. It is. And what's funny is she is on top. (laughs) But it's funny she is on top. She is. Yeah. For a while, and then they flip, and that like you get the implication that like like she she isn't on top for long, but she is for long enough to give us some nipple play. Crying out loud, which is still an interesting choice. But I don't understand what the director was going for. Maybe they had a kink for that. I don't know. I guess. All right. I think we've said all we need to say about Route 666. Oh, I'm going to include, there's actually a um, page on the SuperWiki that has a bunch of, like, essays and links and articles and stuff from um, fans of color, specifically talking about race oh, yeah. in Supernatural. And I am going to link that in the show notes for this episode because I think they're very important. Yeah, and you guys should take a look at them. And we are going to move on to Nightmare, where we delve really into our meta plot, yeah. hardcore, while still keeping that Monster of the Week vibe, which I like. I like when they walk a balance. Well, I think this is oh, the first this episode. This was written by the same the same writers who wrote Faith. Oh, yeah. Huh. was good. It was directed by Phil Segresha. Well, this is the first time we have had a quote-unquote monster that's a human, right? Mm-hmm. Because we haven't hit benders yet. Yeah. Yes, this is our first human monster and the first time we see the uh special power children <laughs> yes this is our first hint that there is more than just sam out there which i love and sam realizes that like if there is if max existed 
then like who else might exist mm-hmm. like how many other special kids are there and seeing and what is power it? corrupt you know yeah that worry that maybe all turn into the same yeah it's he starts to worry that maybe his powers are evil mm-hmm. which i think we've discussed this within the episodes i personally believe that sam was pre um predestined not destined predisposed predisposed to having psychic abilities because it seems that they're kind of um within the lore of supernatural they're kind of genetic um so i wouldn't be surprised if there was some psychic ability in either of his parents bloodlines Hmm. that was passed to him and he could have developed powers or maybe he never would have but that the demon guaranteed that he would have powers and also like put a timer on them Kind of be able to use them for his yeah, own so that he can control yeah. them. But this is our first instance of because Sam not only is starting to wonder, are his powers bad, but why did the demon specifically pick him? Yeah, why did the demon pick Max? What is it about them? Is it because they have powers? Do they have powers because they were picked? Like, I feel like those are the kind of questions Sam starts to have in this episode. And then, like you said, the, am I going to become evil because mm-hmm. I have powers? They both came from a traumatic childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, their powers have been kind of manifesting at the same time. Mm-hmm. But they're, again, using them in very, very different, different ways. ways. Yeah, And obviously they are manifesting different powers. Max's right. power is telekinesis and, and Sam's is more visions and like future. Max is a little further along. He seems to have spent more time developing his powers. I think at this moment in time, Sam's powers are happening to him. He has kind of less control over actively. Yeah, he's not actively using them in any way. And I, yeah, I mean, his powers are kind of like as needs to come type of thing. Yeah. Whereas when Max realized he had telekinesis, he probably was able to be like, okay, I'm gonna practice practice this. I love the very subtle but powerful way they show us Max's uh, like control over his powers with the knife spinning mm-hmm. on the table. He's definitely very oh, developed. So effective. Yeah, he has clearly spent a lot of time developing his powers where at this moment in time Sam's powers are happening to him. He is not using them actively. Yeah. Um, which that difference is really interesting to like yeah. think about. Um, and I also love because Max is like, well, or Sam is like, am I gonna, am I gonna end up like Max? And Dean's like, well, you have something that Max didn't have, which is me. Yeah. You know, and we get another iterate reiteration of the fact that these boys keep each other, not necessarily stable in like the regular sense of the term, but like grounded. You know. Yeah. They are each other's like rock. All right. From there, we go to Benders, which I love. Actually, I didn't realize there were two humans, monsters on the I row. I forgot that they were right in a row, too. <laughs> I love Benders. It's one of my favorite episodes. It's a good one. <laughs> Such a good episode. It's very creepy. Also, I loved the bit in the gag reel from this episode. But this is this is the lightsaber bit. Oh. <laughs> There's a bit in the season the one. The editors had a little fun. Yeah, where the, the, F, the special effects 
editors had some fun with this. And when Pa Bender like has his poker, they made it look like a lightsaber. <laughs> it's really funny. It's just like turns on. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> um, I love Bender's because this is another one where we get the boys separated, but it's for a different reason. Like one of them got kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the first one I think where we really get a. One of the boys has to save the other. Well, that happened with Wendigo, too. I live for. I love it when one has to save the day for the other. Yeah. That, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Those are my favorite. And it's not like the boys aren't capable. They're extremely capable. Just, but they sometimes, yeah, they definitely work really work better as a team. And they are both individually extremely capable hunters. But it, this is one of the episodes that really shows us that, like, these two are a package deal for a reason. <laughs> like, yeah. And I really like, uh, I think I called her a lady cop. <laughs> she was a great character. <laughs> I think her name is... Kathleen. Kathleen. Yeah. Um, also, this episode, I always forget, is set in Hibbing, Minnesota, which is a town that we will return to in, I think, season 10. Oh. Randomly. I think it's one of the few that we like come back to. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just overall really love this episode. It doesn't have a huge effect on the meta plot of the season. This is a very standalone episode. Like if I was going to show someone an episode of Supernatural that wasn't the pilot to kind of be like, this is an example of the show, I think I would probably, like, specifically from season one, I would maybe show them Benders or mm. Faith. Mm. I would, mm, Faith first. I think Faith, <laughs> would be, Faith would be my first choice if I couldn't show them the pilot for some reason, because I am a, I am a watch it in order or don't watch it at all kind of person. <laughs> I mean, the pilot's there for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But like, if someone was like, don't show me the pilot episode, show me something else. I would pick Faith. And then my second choice would be Benders, I think. I think it, this episode, it's kind of there to show like, supernatural beings aren't the only monsters out mm -hmm. there. Like, humans are yeah. complex creatures. And yeah. They can be that just is, as scary. That know? is the exact point of this episode, is to show us that, yeah monsters might exist and be really scary. I think even Dean says something. Doesn't he say, like, demons I get? People are crazy. People are crazy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Bender, the point of Bender's is to say, okay, yeah, we've introduced you to this world of supernatural beings, but that doesn't mean that humans are any less any fucked up. Less, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. can be as terrifying and messed mm -hmm. up you know which is i think something they really need it really grounds the world to be like yeah these this is um a a world of messed up regular people mm -hmm. it's just chloe's just scratching <laughs> right under my chair too <laughs> Yeah, the sound work. Doesn't seem to be super loud though. No. But you guys definitely heard that. <laughs> Alright, so moving to Shadow, we are taking a long time. This is gonna be a long ass episode. I am so sorry. I have a lot to say. It's a I guess. season one wrap up, I mean. Yeah. There's a lot to go over. Uh-huh. So Shadow, 
kicks right back into the meta plot. Uh, this is a good episode too. <laughs> it's a, oh my gosh, it's such a good episode. First one we get with John is like a main yes, part of the plot. Yes, where he, I mean, he only comes in at the end, but he's still really, yeah, that's true. his presence is felt the whole episode. And I mean, John's presence is felt the whole season. Which I, yeah. that's something the show, especially in season one, really nails is this looking for dad and the effect that John has had on his boys. Like, you really feel like the weight of John's, yeah. you know, I don't know if judgment is the right word, but like how much they want, or especially Dean, how much they want to, his approval, you yeah. know? And the fact that, like, he trusts them to go on hunts by themselves and stuff. So you really feel John through the season the same, in a similar way that you feel Mary, mm-hmm. too. You feel the effects that Mary and the loss of Mary had on the Winchesters. And even Jess, too. Uh-huh. For Sam, yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, but this is the first episode where we get the boys all back together again. But first, we get lots of Meg. Also, this episode was written by Eric Kripke, directed by Kim Manners. And that's why it's a fucking masterpiece. Because every time those two get together, it's a genius. Oh my gosh. I love this episode. I love the emotional beats of, like, Sam, his suspicion over Meg's reappearance. Um, I've said it so many times during season one, but I fucking love Meg. Meg is and so good. The actress, what's her name? Nikki. Nikki, Nikki yeah. Acox. She, she just hams it up the whole time. Uh, <laughs> she nails it. She She's such a good walks villain. that line between sexy and sinister and like genuinely evil. Mm-hmm. Like she plays that balance so well. A villain that's interesting and it's uh-huh. entertaining. And Meg is all of that. And in a weird way, kind of likable. Yeah. Just because they're so yeah, you... over the top, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> And there's, like, there is a slight, like, extraness to Meg. Yeah. Extraness is not a word, I don't think. Dramatic. <laughs> there's something, there's, she's a little bit over the top. Yeah. But it's just enough to make her even more fun to see on yeah, screen. Yeah, I think of anything, she's just fun you know? to watch. She yeah. is so good. And her chemistry with the boys, especially with Jared. Yeah. Nikki and Jared have such great chemistry when they get together and do... Like, the scene where the boys are tied to the pole. Yeah. And uh, the poles, like, the chemistry is they, is Sam, like, distracts her and stuff. Oh, so good. I was under the impression that Meg has a little thing for Sam. Oh, 100%. She's got a little crush on Sam. In a weird, evil demon way. I need to write a fanfic. (laughs) (laughs) Not the first demon that's attracted to Sam. Well, it is, but not the only one. I love it. And I also love, I think... We at this moment in the the season, we really needed John to come back. We needed his present, like his actual physical presence on screen, yeah, to remind the audience what's going on, and also to like remind the boys and ground things. I guess that's not really the word I'm looking for, but John, like he comes in and he ups the stakes with that he's looking for a way to permanently kill the demon. Um, and then uh, and then they have to go their own way again. Mm-hmm. Like, I 
off totally my brain is off track now so let's just move on to the next episode <laughs> hell house this is a fun one another, this is another one that really stands on its own week, yeah. yeah yeah it's a lot of fun i love the idea of the tulpa and mm-hmm. I love the question that Sam asks. Like the power of, of the mind. The power yeah. Of the voice, you know? Yeah. I love Sam's question later in the episode where he's like, you know, how much, how many of the things we fought were actually real? Like how many only existed because people believed in them? Yeah. Um, I really love that thought. Uh, it makes you just kind of wonder. Plus we get the, uh, who will one day be the ghost face. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at Ed and Harry, and they are fantastic. <laughs> oh, they are so funny. They add the extra, like, comedic yes. element into oh. the episode. And the, the prank scene, war. The scene when the boys are running from the house, right, <laughs> as Ed and Harry are going in, and then, which, I don't remember which one trips over the other. Like, one of them trips and goes down, and the other goes over the top of him. I don't remember which brother goes down first. I think Dean trips and falls and then sam falls over the top of him and it's so fucking funny it makes me laugh every time um but yeah the prank war that's i love the prank war because you get the sense very quickly that this is something that they have done before yeah that this is something the idea of what they did in their childhood to stay entertained yeah we get some little teases it's stuff that happened the nair and the shampoo, the stuff like that. And then uh, teaming up instead of going after each yes, other to yes. team up. I still <laughs> wonder if this, if that prank war was a little bit of a tribute to Jared and Jensen. Oh, it's gotta be. Because they have talked in inter- in panels and stuff about how they discovered very early on that if they prank each other, they will just escalate forever until it reaches the levels of ridiculous. <laughs> but... If they combine their powers to prank other people, (laughs) you know, and that's, I love that. I love that aspect of this episode. It's so fun. But this is another one that really stands outside of the meta plot of the season. Um, Not to say that the meta plot doesn't have like, like there's not touches of it, but this is definitely an episode that is like a step back from that which is really refreshing sometimes because it can be the meta plots of the seasons can get really heavy so it can be nice to be like okay yeah yeah yeah. especially when you follow it up with something so heavy as like something wicked which is such a good episode something wicked wicked this way comes (laughs) i i don't get it um this is a very palpatine meets a dementor (laughs) This is definitely a much more Dean-centric one, but Sam gets, this is one where Sam gets a glimpse at why Dean is the way he is. Why Why Dean is so protective and so strict about following John's orders to the T. Our first uh, flashback, too. Uh Uh-huh. Which is... Is this our first episode directed by a woman? No, there's no way. I feel like previous episodes have to have also been, there has to be another one female names before. Well, they're writers, though. Like, Sarah Gamble's a writer. Um, oh. Oh, directed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, this one, Nightmare was written by Sarah Gamble and um, Rail Tucker. I feel like I'm butchering her first name. Faith was written by them, too. Kim Manners. Guy Norman B. Is Kim Manners a man? Yes. Okay. 
Kim Manners uh, is iconic. I feel like Kim Manners is the one who made bugs tolerable. I swear to God. <laughs> I think... Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, is. I, I do indeed believe that, um, something wicked was the first episode of Supernatural directed by a woman. Um, that is really interesting. That's something I never knew. She only directed something wicked too. Her name's Whitney Ran Rancic. I'm going to look up her IMDb. Actually, and by a look up, I mean I'm going to click on her. And it looks like she oh, has... She wrote Tremors, or directed Tremors. She hasn't done anything in a few years. Oh, she did 10 episodes of Smallville. Um, South Beach. She directed an episode of Tremors. Um, ER, an episode... Oh, yeah, she did an episode of ER. So she's done some things over the years, but she hasn't... There's nothing on her IMDb later than 2013. Which, that one's a documentary. Um, but yeah, she... Whitney Rancic was the first female director on Supernatural. That's at cool. least according to the SuperWiki. Hey, Chloe. Um, I didn't know that. Now you guys know that. She's just settling against the door. Um... But this one, I really love something wicked because not only do we get a look at Dean's childhood, but Sam gets that look at Dean's childhood. Yeah. Like I said, which is, I feel like that was a really important thing to establish because up until this point, we've got Dean being like, no, follow dad's orders. Nah, 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 nah. And Sam being like, seriously, what the heck? <laughs> and this one, and we get to see. That's his audience going, what the heck? Dude? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this one, we're like, oh, oh, that explains a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, Especially since it's been pounded in Dean's head yeah. from four years old to yeah. protect his brother, you know? Yeah, but then with the flashbacks and something wicked, we're like, oh, he not only has it been reiterated over and over again, now he has also seen, like, actual consequences of what happens if he disobeys John's orders, you know? So he takes them much more seriously. Um, and then we go into Provenance, where we get Sarah. I love Sarah. Sarah's a great character. Oh my god. It seems like she and uh, Jared had good chemistry offset, too. <laughs> I, I wonder if they had a little bit of a fling. I obviously will never really know for sure. I think they were Jared might have been. From the bloopers, like, they were literally, like, school children. I don't giggling at each other. <laughs> Jared dated his girlfriend slash fiance prior to Jen. I know they dated for a while and were engaged and then broke up. Um, Sandra McCoy, I think, is her last name. Um... But definitely Jared and, um, what's her name? Taylor, I think? I mean, let me open my document. Because I know I have the cast list. Because I always have the cast list. If it will load. Oh my god. Being really slow. Wow, it's struggling. Um, Taylor Cole. Yeah. Her, Taylor Cole and Jared definitely had a bit of a, like, 
they just oh my god if you watch the gag reel they cannot keep it together no i swear to god the the motel scene where she like comes barging in after lying to the cops after her friend dies they just keep cracking up and jensen's in the background with his little laptop prop being like i'm gonna i'm gonna put these bitches six feet under oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like his face i think he's also really staying in character like he is staying in character whilst Jared and Taylor are just <laughs> dying for no reason. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what was up with them. But this is a f- episode we kind of go back into Sam's grief with this episode, which yeah is always interesting. And I, I think, think it gets brought up with Sam's love more in the depression stage. I think in this episode. But not, like, not depression, like, can't get out of bed, you know. But he's, like, really sitting in his grief mm-hmm. and the guilt that he feels over Jess. And he talks about how, like, the people that he loves get hurt. Yeah. Um, so, I do think, I think we're more in the depression stage in this episode. Which, like Haley said earlier, the stages of grief, not linear and sometimes you backtrack. But I do think this episode falls more into depression. Yeah. Um, also, Sarah's fucking hot. Also, she's fucking hot. <laughs> she's absolutely stunning. Um, and then we get into Dead Man's Blood. I love this episode. That's the one episode I didn't write any notes for. Oh, That's yeah, you did it. Haley's <laughs> <laughs> like, there's an episode missing in my notes. It's because she didn't write any notes. I was ready to go to Salvation. <laughs> Skip right over 20. Um, if you guys have seen A Day in the Life of Jared and Jensen, this is the episode they were filming when they did that little behind-the-scenes clip. Um, if you have not seen it, it's on YouTube. Highly recommend. It's so good. Um, but this one, this is our this is our meta plot. Finally joins yeah. the hunt. <laughs> John joins the team. We are kickstarting the tail end of the meta plot for this season. We only have three episodes left including this one, um, and it really, the things just amp up really, oh, yeah. really fast, because we go from Hunter was murdered, whatever, to this Hunter had a gun that could kill the demon, like, and you're like, oh, and just even that's a bombshell. There are other Thanks. hunters out there. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, so we get, which I've seen, we've heard some, like, mentions of other hunters before, guess... but this is our first time really seeing oh, yeah. another hunter. yeah. Because um, I was going to say Pastor Jim, and that happens. We've later. heard about Pastor Jim, um, and I think like Sam has called some of John's contacts in some earlier episodes. Um, but this is the first time where we meet another hunter and like see him and his home and see him like trying at least to do his thing, uh, which is very like that's big. Because so far we've only gotten like snippets of a a bigger hunting community, and now we're like, oh yeah, uh, hunters can be hunted too. Yes, that too. Um, but yeah, then John dropping the bombshell of the cult. Yeah. Um, this is such a good episode, and we all I love also in this episode is we see more of the the bond that Sam and Dean had. Obviously, they have a very strong bond from growing up together. But it really strengthens in this season 
with them being separate from John. And so then John comes in and he disrupts things Mm -hmm. and we get to see like Dean kind of be more on Sam's side and like stepping in to like protect Sam and John kind of realizing, I think like, oh wow, (laughs) these boys are really like a team now. Like, you know, they're not just two kids who are really close, which Sam and Dean were like, super close way closer than i think most siblings would be oh yeah um because of their upbringing they had really yeah yeah but this this season i think or this episode really like lays that out especially for john um also i i like vampires as villains (laughs) i love the way they do the vampires in supernatural too um, yeah they had a fun little twist onto a really classic monster um, and then we, from there we go to Salvation, the boys. This is another one written by Sarah Gamble and Rail Tucker. I feel like I'm butchering her first name. I, I don't Rael, know. Rail, maybe? Rail, I don't know. I, I'm very sorry if I am. Um, and these last three episodes just go boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah. there's no break story. in between them. Yeah, because yeah, some of the, like, like, between Wendigo, or Pilot and Wendigo, we have a week. And, you know, there's time gaps between episodes, but this, with these last three, it's, it just picks up right where the other one left off. Yeah. Um, so the boys have acquired the cult, and they are going to hunt the demon. Um, this is kind of like, if, um, if you look at the last three episodes of the season as like a three-act sort of thing... The first one is, like, act one a little bit, and then part of act two, and then this one is act two, and then the last one is act three. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get some, like, um, false highs with them getting the gun, um, false low with John getting kidnapped, you know, false, like, high with them facing off against demon at the house, and we, we go up and down, and then we head into... Um, devil's trap and we go we just go up and up and up until we hit that climax that is also not a climax in a way well it's a climax and then it releases the tension but it's not a high it's kind of a low especially the way it ends <laughs> Ah, this is such a good finale such a good wrap up to this season mm-hmm. absolutely love devil's trap um, so good, yeah. The dynamics between Jeffrey D. Morgan and the boys. This is a very because we get this first section of the episode where we meet Bobby, mm-hmm. um, who is so important. Except nobody knows that yet. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know that. Um, yet, I don't think either. <laughs> yeah. And we get um, Meg, and then real Meg's death is such a powerful moment I think kind of touched on this in our coverage mm-hmm. um the way they let it sit I just love um Chloe is sighing down here on the floor <laughs> and then you know finding John and there's a release of tension with oh we've got dad and then it just amps right back up again with oh shit dad's possessed <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this episode happens in that one room yeah. Like, I, I forgot how much of this episode... This is another one of those episodes where 
so little happens, but at the same time, so much happens. Mm -hmm. Like there's only a handful of locations and it all goes by really quick. And then they let, they get to this scene and it just sits and it drags, but not in a bad way. Like it's long and it needs to be. And it's so well done. I love Jeffrey D. Morgan. He is such so, a good actor. He's acting and switching from John, John to Yellow Eyes. Yeah. So good. Yes. Oh, he does such a good job. And then the way he plays off of Jared and Jensen and just the three of them just have really great chemistry. And when you get them all in a room together, just acting their hearts out, it is so damn good. Just seeing like all of them at their like lowest, most vulnerable. Yes. You know, yeah. that they've been so far. Oh, like the when Dean says, Dad, don't let him kill me, mm-hmm. it breaks my heart every time. Oh my gosh. It's such a powerful it's moment. Good act. Really and good Sam, all of them. Sam standing over John with the cult, finally reaching the same conclusion as Dean that, yeah, yes, he wants his revenge. revenge. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he wants his revenge. Yes, he wants to kill the thing that killed Jess. He wants Jess back, but killing Yellow Eyes will not bring Jess back. And he's going to lose and his dad, too. he could lose his dad in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And revenge is not worth losing his family. Um, and I think that's a really important message. Is that to the boys, that their family is the most important thing to them. And that is why the Winchesters make up a core the, like without them the show wouldn't work if one of the boys like d- had died off permanently for some reason like it wouldn't work mm-hmm. because you need that familial bond yeah that's the foundation which the rest of the show builds upon mm-hmm. and this episode really solidifies that this is the most important thing to sam and dean is their family yeah 100 um, percent. yeah which is, I yeah, think, leaves on quite the, quite the note cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, with Bad Moon Rising and the truck crash, though that gag reel bit is, it's too funny. It's my <laughs> yeah. favorite part of the season one yeah. gag reel is the last bit. <laughs> Sam's doing his dramatic, you know, we've got a bullet left, we've got the gun, we can find the demon again, and then they're like they're supposed to get hit by the the truck and so Jared and Jensen just start screaming and flailing <laughs> and then the camera pans to Jeffrey Dean Morgan just losing it in the passenger seat oh my gosh it's so funny I love it I love it it kills me every time <laughs> it was really good. it's just it's just adorable the other part that killed me in the gag reel is when um Jared and Jensen are all bundled up in their oh my gosh and they're have their Canadian yes <laughs> Canadian accent. Ricky, thanks for watching. <laughs> Such a cute one. Such a cute one. I love to the um the priest one. Um, when they're in their priest outfits and they've like shoved the they've taken their jackets off. That's something that I didn't learn about the show actually until the last season, which is that a lot of the times that the boys are wearing layers, the t-shirts underneath sleeveless. don't have sleeves. Which um, makes sense because especially so Jared gets really hot <laughs> he overheats really quickly um and so the there's a great gag girl bit 
where the boys have taken their like jackets off from their priest outfits and they the guy opens the door <laughs> at the wake in Nightmare and Dean's like I'm Chip this is Ace we're new Chippendales dancers that moved in next door or something <laughs> <laughs> and Jared's just standing like the most sh- like shit eating grin on his face. It's my, it's so good, so good. If you guys haven't seen the gag reel, um, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> it's iconic. Supernatural gag reels are just classic. They're just so good. It's the first one I've watched. Uh, I want spoilers. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? that devil's drop i love the way this season follows sam's grief and his healing um i love that and then how he reaches his the the man who's been dead set on um revenge this whole season reaches hit that conclusion of revenge is not the most important thing to him. Yeah. Um, that arc is, I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. I closed this document and I shouldn't have. <laughs> um, what are you thinking, babe? Um, I talk a lot. <laughs> I think you did. You, you always had really great stuff, but I just worry that I drown you out sometimes. There was a few times we were both clashing. I mean, like, we're both wanting to talk at the same oh, well, time. Oh, we're both trying to say the exact same thing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love when we're so in sync. Yeah. It makes me happy. We're <laughs> <laughs> Not this month. <laughs> Not since our vaccines. Yeah, Making a period really joke. joke. <laughs> Making a period joke. But, yeah, All season right. one was really good. The good, love... solid start. Yeah, it's a really seasons. good foundation. Um, such a good season to rewatch. I don't. I think. God, we've talked for two hours, so <laughs> I think we should probably wrap this up. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you've made it to this point, um, thank you guys for listening to this whole season. Uh, there are way more of you than we expected from so many more places than we expected and it's been really humbling and inspiring to like you know know people are out there actually like listening to us ramble should we look at our for stats hours. again should we let's see as of recording this episode where are we at logging into our podbean page um, as of recording this episode, which it is April, or not April, it is August 15th. It is now 1.15 in the morning, because that's how we roll. <laughs> Our episodes are sitting at 570 all-time downloads. We are almost to 600 downloads. That is insane. Our most recent episode hit 26 downloads in our Ooh. first week. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but actually, like, that's a really good yeah, amount. Tell him the demon. <laughs> yes. I love that episode title. I also love this one. My lifted Dodge Ram truck. <laughs> um, let me go to our stats page and we can see what our most popular episode episodes are. Here we go. Here's our statistics. Um, 
we have so many, most of our listeners are in the U.S. I want to see. Haha, that's what I need. California, Alaska, Utah, Texas, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. It's all of our Utah downloads. Or not Utah. um, U.S. downloads. Oh, yeah. 20 downloads from Alaska. What? That's wild. We have three downloads from Manitoba, Canada. That's neat. No one from Australia is listening to our podcast. <laughs> Come on, Australia. Um, <laughs> our most downloaded episode at the moment is actually episode 19, The Return of Tom the Demon. And then our second most downloaded episode is episode 18, Tom the Demon. <laughs> Still one of my favorite episode titles. So Still, good. I say like it's been forever. It's been a week. So <laughs> the return of Tom the Demon just cracked me up when I came up with it. I died laughing. Um, but yeah, I love literally looking... his name, too. <laughs> his name is literally Tom. I don't think they ever say it in the show, but if you look in the credits, his name is Tom. It's not, we didn't make that up. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. But yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. It really means so much to us. Um, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Uh, like I've said in previous episodes, I think a lot of people find us through... Um, Podbean, because that's the links that I post, but we are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, um, all all that fun stuff. If, if we're not on an app that you like, send me a message and I'll see what I can do. Um, also, please, if you are listening on iTunes or you have an iTunes account, please, please, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It helps the algorithm. It helps more people find us. Um, And tell your fellow Supernatural fans about us. If you want to reach out, um, you can find the pod on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at WeNeedToTalkAboutSamPodcast, and then on Tumblr and TikTok at WeNeedToTalkAboutSam. If you want to contact me directly, even though I run all of those social media accounts, um, you can follow me on Twitter at LilRedWhoCould and um, on Tumblr at TheLittleRedWhoCould. And Haley... What are your uh, socials? I'm on Twitter at life flows on three. I always say it weird. Okay? <laughs> I, I always say it weird. I never know what to say. On the socials. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> and Tumblr at hfbobs-blog. And of course, all of those links, as well as source links for as many things as I can reference um, that have been mentioned within the episode, they're all going to be in the um, episode description down below. So without, I think that is it for this week. Thank you guys again so much for listening. And we will see you next week with the season premiere of season two. Bye guys. Bye. recording not in my 
um, basement bedroom, but in Haley's apartment bedroom tonight. Because so Haley's the location. Yeah, because Haley couldn't drive up to my place. So I came down here. So if it sounds a little bit different, that's why. But I don't think it sounds that bad. I think it sounds about the same. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more echoey than usual, but nothing compared to our early episodes, yeah. which don't sound awful, but definitely improved when we moved locations. It's um, a less echoey apartment. <laughs> For smaller reason. bedroom. Um, I think it's just smaller I'm and afraid, also... I feel like this bedroom's bigger than my other one, but maybe not. Uh, I think it might be about the same size. I think it's a little. I think it's a little longer. Like width-wise, I think it's about the same, but length, it's it's longer. It's, longer. it's more of a rectangle and less of a square. Yeah. Um, but we also have a Chloe with us this time. Be careful. She is right by the wheel of your chair. Please don't run her over at any so point. She moves if she feels me moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually have a Chloe. We haven't had a Chloe since like reappearance of Chloe episode six, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we might have a Chloe interruption at some time. That'll be fun. Uh, we're not on the bed this time. So yes, also we're actually like, sitting at a desk. She can't like jump up on us. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is definitely a better setup compared to your old room. Because in Haley's old bedroom, we were actually sitting on a bed with the microphone in between us. And it kept falling over. <laughs> and it kept falling over and Chloe would knock it over. And it was just, we were facing out into the room. And so we were getting a lot of echo off the walls. But here we are facing a desk, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. I think it, it, it sounds much, much better than it did at your old place. So, we want to get Haley a microphone, though, so that if we need to record but we can't be in the same place for some reason, um, we can do it over Discord or something. Yeah. So, that's should a, totally work, too. Yeah. That's our goal is to get Haley a microphone so that if we have that if we have the need to record with us in different locations, we can do it. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably make you all download Audacity too. episode <laughs> this is our uh, recap episode yeah we're doing our recap episode for making it up as we go along <laughs> what have you been up to babe <gasps> babe starts her new job tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> I, i've been in training for like the past three weeks i'm very excited for her but i actually start like on the job training tomorrow <laughs> yeah and i'm very me. nervous i think you need to speak up a little bit or scooch a little closer that might be easier for you Chloe's like, excuse me. <laughs> I got uh, hired as a mail carrier. Yay! Like the post office. So. I'm so proud of her. She's doing a good job. It's it's um a lot more complicated than you would think. Yeah. <laughs> more complicated than I thought it would be. It's a lot of like memorization of routes because they don't use GPS. So you have to like memorize turn by turn of where you're going. Mm-hmm. You have to get to know those neighborhoods really well. You have to remember which houses have packages, because not every house has packages. Mm-hmm. There's no it's different from, I used to work at Amazon, and they would have 
their device would, you know, literally turn by turn tell you which house to go to to deliver what package. Mm-hmm. And this, you just kind of have to remember. Yeah. It's definitely a change, but I think you're going to get the hang of it. You're just a little bit nervous because it's also new. Yeah. But I think you're going to be great. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> I have five days left because the semester starts on the 23rd and I cannot do work and do school. Not just because like it's too much for my brain to handle, but also because the schedule just wasn't going to work out. Like just straight up wasn't happening. You have so, class twice a week? Three person? times. Three times in person, and I don't know yet if it's on campus or over Zoom, and I'm really hoping it's over Zoom because COVID cases are spiking again, and yes, I'm vaccinated, but I don't trust my classmates. I don't trust my um, fellow, like, college students at my specific school. I don't trust Utahns in general to be vaccinated or to wear their masks or to even give a shit. So, especially in the area we live in. Yes. <laughs> it's more of a And my red school area. is more blue than the like, rest of the area around, the rest but... of area around it. It's much more has a bigger variety and that comes with it being the largest school in the state. <laughs> with a last time I checked it had a popula- a student body population of almost 40,000. <laughs> Because it's one of the few open enrollment schools. Yes, it is. It is open enrollment, and it's actually surprisingly affordable. So it's a really good school. I also went there. Mm-hmm. And we're not telling you what school, but I'm sure you could probably <laughs> Google probably it. Probably figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm going to my last semester, and I am really hoping that my one class that has a face-to-face, like class time, is gonna be over Zoom and not on campus. Because I am just not ready to go back to campus. I'm just not. Well, if you do, you'll be close so, to me. I will be. Yes. Literally. <laughs> Literally like 10 minutes away. <laughs> not even that. <laughs>